again. Uh, so I was just in the kitchen, oh. and it turns out um, the triac, the trilangula, trilangula. Try that again. So it turns out the trilangula with uh, seven legs and one missing eye um, was actually having like a small bolt of you know seven-legged insects, and that was actually sitting on top of the tap. So. Uh, that coffee is gonna take a while, but yes. we do have our specialty coffee of the day, um, which Ooh, is already that? pre-prepared. Um, it's just our daily blend coffee. Um, we change it depending on what the day is. Um, so how about I just uh, hand you this one here, and you can tell me what you think of it. Um, sure. This is called, Why is it important for more drag kings to be represented in the media? It's kind of wordy, I know, but um, I do name it's them all myself. It's so, quite wordy, yeah. Yeah, it's a bit wordy in the mouth, isn't it? But yeah, yeah. so what are your thoughts on that? You know, drag uh, queen think, kings being represented in the media. I think drag kings should get more representation in the media than they currently have, especially in the UK, given the history of drag king culture here. It's There's such a huge part of theatre. And... Well, as... um. Uh, straight biological women. Um, can you explain some stuff about uh, the drag king history in the UK? Because I don't really know anything about it. Sure. So drag kings date back to Victorian times. Okay, least. and did they exclusively date each other? Because you, you said that's when they dated back. No, they, they dated anyone and everyone they could, I think. Not to yeah. presume. But date back to the Victorian era, okay. Yeah, especially like in the music hall industry, so like the seaside resorts like Blackpool, Brighton, even here in Glasgow at the Panopticon, we have a mm. long history of drag kings and male impersonators. Okay, so why was male impersonation so popular um, in the Victorian era? Well, I'm trying to remember the actual history. It's like why they were so popular. I don't, I don't actually know. I don't actually know why they were so popular. They just were. They were a staple of the culture. You'd go to music halls to see performers like Hetty King and Vesta Tilly performing uh, the leading male roles in pantomimes that your Pan or Prince Charming characters. Oh, so they actually um, performed on stage, sort of like in pantos and things. Yes, and it was at a time when obviously acting was still considered a poor career choice particularly for women a lot of a lot of actresses and female actors were considered lower than prostitutes wow that is interesting i'm i'm so glad we're living in a time now where like being an actor is such a safe profession like you know you never hear of actors who are out of work or anything like that well maybe this year but all in all, no. It's quite a steady, if you get good gigs, it's a really good career choice. Mm-hmm. So, they were seen as lower than prostitutes, so why do you think a lot of people wanted to be drag kings as a profession? Was it more secure than a female acting role? Like, a female acting role. I just said the same thing twice, that's not what I mean. As in, I a female was- acting in a female part. I think it was more to do with the presentation of having a woman dress as a man was more 
attractive physically in certain roles, like the Prince Charming character having that sort of having that beauty that a lot of men maybe didn't have. Like a boyish wow. charm sort of thing. Yeah, I think a lot of female performers in male roles had a more boyish charm and a younger appearance so they could play the younger male roles. Ah, I see. Okay, that's very interesting. So did they perform alongside Pam Gates? No, uh, they did eventually, but I think the Prince Charming characters that drag kings often portrayed actually predate the the Panto Dames by a few decades. So there was like 20 or 30 years where the Panto scene was developing, but, you know, they didn't have Panto Dames, they had Panto Kings, essentially. They had Panto Kings, yeah. They did have Panto Dames, but they weren't as popular as they are now. So sort and they of weren't like... as they weren't as big. The roles weren't as big as they are now. So obviously, in a lot of pantos nowadays, the dame role is the role that people want in a panto. The reason there, the, the panto dame is usually played by the highest, most well-known performer in the cast. Plays the panto dame because it is the biggest role. Whereas back then the biggest roles were the lead characters like the Prince Charming and the Damsel and the Panto Dame was more of the side character and then it's changed it's changed around so the Panto Dame is now the stars of the show Okay. and they pushed the Holy Kings off the stage into the orchestra pits mm-hmm. but for a time the drag, the drag kings were on top like, they have like a Victorian style TV show that was like for all drag artists, but they only put drag kings on the stage, so um, other members of the drag community couldn't get involved. Is that sort of how it worked? Pretty much, yeah. It's my understanding. Mm, very interesting. I so, know. What sort of change happened? Like, do you know what sort of happened that pushed sort of drag kings out? and panto dames and drag queens more into the spotlight? I'm not really sure what happened. Obviously, I wasn't around back then. I was traveling abroad at that time. Yes, uh uh-huh. You know, seeing the Ottoman Empire and, Uh you know. Persians, you know, Mm -hmm. all that jazz. Mm -hmm. But I think, especially more so in modern culture, particularly with a certain TV show. Uh-huh. Homes Under the Hammer. You're allowed to yes, say that, it. Yeah, Homes Under the Hammer, that's the one. I think it's become more relevant is that drag kings have always been around, but they've not been given the same spotlight that drag queens have. Even before this, even before Homes Under the Hammer, mm-hmm. there were drag kings, but they weren't as visible, you know, they weren't as visible to audiences. They weren't as and I think it's with the, hmm. I think with this resurgence of drag culture and with it becoming more mainstream, more drag kings are getting noticed by local audiences, but not by the media in general. Mm-hmm. Okay, very interesting. So, how do we get more representation of kings? You know, either in local scenes or um, with wider media or, you know, scenes inside a coffee shop, for instance. I think it's going to be a, it's going to be a long road, but we're already taking steps towards it. I mean, 
the Belay brothers took a chance on a drag king on their platform, mm-hmm. and he won the he won the damn he won the damn thing. Yeah, so it shows, um, yeah London Cinder. Good show, people. Mm-hmm. London Cider, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep, Lon- London Cinder. Yeah, I, I I've seen him about. Yeah, and I think seeing that has given a lot of confidence to more kings to get out there and perform and go to local shows and demand respect to share the face and demand the respect that we had back in the Victorian era. Mm, That's really cool and interesting. So should other members of the community also take responsibility and request more drag kings on the scene and things? You know, once all of this is over. This, of course, being the pet shop infestation we currently have in the cafe. Yes, that. I think it is important. I think it is important for more queens and kings to kind of speak up, and more ho- more show hosts to maybe offer more space, offer a space for kings on their platforms alongside them. Mm-hmm. But also, I think it should be the, the kings should have that confidence that a lot of queens do to put themselves out there and demand that respect. Yeah, no, I understand that. You know, I don't like saying this word because, you know, I work for um, a chain store. Um, Cafe Sofé is, you know, just a chain store brand. See, on your typical high street. Mm. I feel like maybe some drag performers should, you know, unionize. Sorry. You know? That is a very dirty word, but I agree. Mm. Sort of demand more from the places that um, they are performing in. As a, you know, a cis woman, I don't understand that personally, but, you know, I support Mm. any drag kings or drag queens looking to, you know, unionize um, to demand more. Yeah, I think that that sounds pretty damn good to me. Well, I see that you're I mean, just finishing every, up. Every other, every, every other performance-based career has unions. Why can't drag performers? Exactly. Well, I see that you're almost finished with your drink there, um, your daily blend. Um, how about um, I fix you up another quick drink and we can talk more about communism? Yeah, sure. I mean, doesn't seem to be anybody even trying to get in here, so... Why not? Yeah, the horde of beasts at the door is sort of a deterrent. It sort of sort of didn't plan out that way. But you know? But it works for social distance. Exactly, you know? Seize the means of social quarantines. horror movies? Are you a big slasher movie fan? Or maybe something that goes bump in the night is more up your street? Beyond the Scare is a brand new horror podcast that will go beyond the terror to talk about all things that make you scream. From film to TV, music and more. Join me and Lola Fierce as I talk about horror franchises old and new with a brand new very special guest each week. We'll give you our thoughts on the topic of the week, let you know some fun facts and let you all know that burning question. What's your favorite scary movie? <laughs> <laughs>
So don't miss a brand new episode of Beyond the Scare every Thursday on all streaming podcast platforms. It's time to get fierce and a little bit spooky. <laughs> Run, jump and scream, no matter where you hide you're gonna be seen. This ain't a movie, it's reality. Is down and killers all until he finds who he wants. So we better all work together.